Good morning, Sarah Hepler. Good morning, Nancy Rommelman. When did you get home yesterday? I landed around six o'clock. I got home, um, took a quick bath, fixed myself, made myself all pretty, and went out to the um, the uh, comedy cellar to see the band play, the um, the house band that we've been to. God, you just never stop. It was, I have to tell you, it was the best re-entry I possibly could have imagined because I'm so kind of full but a little bit exhausted and the, the music, I don't, I don't understand, but I'm sort of appreciative of the fact that this place is not overrun every Monday night. I think it is the yeah. best, most beautiful night with this house band. Um, and it's, it's just beautiful. It was so filling and so welcoming and, and I absolutely loved it. So yeah, anybody who's in New York comedy cellar upstairs, it's called the, the olive tree. I think that's what it's called. Nine o'clock on Mondays, go see the host house band. Um, Coleman Hughes, the writer is in it. He plays trombone. It's just, it's just tremendous. It's a tremendous night full of love and you should go. So there's it's a very special. You and I went one night and, yep. uh, and it was so much fun. It was very much only in New York. You know, it had it, that, that feeling. There's so many things in New York, like that have just been exported to other places. Huh. You know, like back when I lived in New York, you would get these, this is stupid, but it's the first thing that's coming to mind, which is like, you'd get these glasses and then like a bottle to refill your glasses. Uh-huh. You know, so you didn't have to wait for the server. Yep. Yep. And now everybody does that. Isn't that called and bottle service or something? No, like but honey, bottle service is when you go to a hot club and you pay $100 for a bottle. Okay. That is not <laughs> – you're so funny. You thought Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan were going to clubs where they could pour their own water. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what to do with you sometimes. Okay. You're so wise. And so and stupid so at the same time. It's amazing. It's, 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 it's almost it's like hard. you think – Christ was born in Jerusalem. Excuse me. Um, anyway, it's part of the charm. Um, uh, well, it's just funny when you say it's like these things from New York that get exported to other places. Since I am in New York, it's like I don't I, – that, that didn't land with me because I don't know what that means. All I know is that it's a very – they do different covers. The singers are um, amazing. The musicianship is amazing. And it just – goes right into you and everybody, you're just this warm organism. It's just wonderful. So that's a plug. Um, I kind of, I thought the saxophonist was hot. Danny. Yeah. Danny. Very. Yeah. They're all great. They're just all great. Um, yeah. I want to go Sa back. Yeah. Well, of course, anytime you're here on a Monday, Sarah, I have a burning question for you. And Does that it is. Hurt? It's <laughs> No, not that kind of burning. Sarah, I need to know, and I think the listeners need to know about your safety. Well, I've moved to Dubuque, Iowa. It's Since a lovely last place. Week. We have bottle service um, at all the restaurants. We get to pour our own water from carafes. Um, you know, I've survived. The good news is, you know, so so here's one of the tricky things about talking in public about your own safety as a woman living alone is that you tend by doing that, you kind of imperil your own safety because you're right. talking about living alone and your own vulnerabilities. And this is something that like somebody I was dating once, like it made him crazy that I did this. He was just like, would you please stop doing this? You know, because I would post pictures 
on Instagram where like you could basically tell where I lived and he was like, stop it, stop it, stop it. So I now only post pictures that are like interiors. I don't, when I'm on vacation, like you can never tell where I am until I leave. I don't talk, like I've just done all these things to share my world, but not imperil myself in any way. Mm -hmm. So I think I should probably stop talking about this, but the good news is, um, I am safe. I did have a friend. So I was, but I was out of town over the weekend. So I went to West Texas to, to stay in a cave in Big Bend. <laughs> Sounds super safe. Girl, if that guy had stopped by and been like, hey, beautiful, I would have like th- flung myself off the cliff. <laughs> it was so isolated. Big Bend oh. is so isolated. It's you know, in West Texas and it's the least visited national park. And that's not because it's not awesome. That's because it's so inconvenient to get to. And it is like being on Mars. And I brought my college best friend and she and I drove to the place and it was just like, I was like, I feel like we're living on the edge of the world. Like it was insane. And she was like, I feel like we found a door to Narnia because it was this really cool cave that had this like floor to ceiling glass walls and then a door that you walked into and there was this beautiful bed. You were inside the cave so you could stare up at the granite and onyx and all the stuff that was on. It was called the crystal Whoa. cave. It was fucking fantastic. It was honestly the most extraordinary glamping experience of my young life. See, of course, when you said cave, I just truly pictured a sort of like a little hole in a rock wall and you freezing in the corner and trying to make a fire. So I'm glad it I'm glad it wasn't that. Um, How they had that climate controlled is one of the great mysteries because it was and it was really luxurious. It was one of those. It like had this setup where like even the hand soap is like super good. Yeah. And you're like, you, you know, you wash your hands and then you smell your hands and you're like, this is fantastic. Did you know um, that hotels now have like scents made for them? So when you walk into a hotel, it's uh, like nicer hotels, not like the, you know, Motel 8. Uh, When you walk (laughs) in, there's a certain aroma and that aroma has been created for them. Um, We walked into this uh, Hotel Jaffa uh, a couple of nights ago. Barry Weiss was there doing an interview on stage and we walked in and- Name dropping. Yes, yes. And oh, and by the way, speaking of uh, my friend Yael, we we had in the comments said, is it Yael or Yael? It is Yael, but I consistently mispronounce her name. So it's my fault. And she answers. So um, but we walked in and she said, Oh, I love the smell of this hotel. It and it's its own specific kind of aroma. So you know, it, I have heard that. It makes me wonder if you've said it before, but I do, I I forget that fact that um I would imagine that that smell is money. Absolutely. Oh, come on. This is like, this is, well, this hotel, the, the Hotel Jaffa and Jaffa is pretty sweet. It's an old French hospital, but it looks like a cathedral. I mean, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I may have a picture of it that I'll, I'll post in the show notes. Um, that is the uh, smell of a hotel room that could actually buy you um, a used car. Yeah. I wasn't in the room. I was just in the hotel. Please, let's let's not get crazy. But here's a question. Did the cops ever respond to you? Well, no. I had to follow up with our local 311. Uh, yeah. And uh, I told the guy, and he was like, oh, yeah, they looked around for him and they couldn't find him. And I was like, right. 
um, so if this happens again, what do I do? And they were like, we'll call a 911 again. And I was like, this is going to just keep happening because it's like guy in the black puffy coat in a part of town. Like I live on a quiet street next to a busy street. It's like, it's like, you know, you can just disappear into the slipstream so fast. So my friend came over that night. I was staying there that on Friday and I was scared. So my friend stayed over and then he was so kind. He was willing to wake up at 4 a.m. and go out with me and sit there. Mm -hmm. And the idea was I was going to write and he was going to sleep on the couch, which was really kind because it's cold. But we ended up talking the whole time and he's kind of like a big, scary guy. So like he has this voice, you know, (laughs) and I was like, if that person came by, he he would not, I think, approach us because you could hear our voices. But um, anyway, Okay. Then I went off to West Texas, and this morning, no visit visitation. But I'm gonna get. I'm getting more cameras and more like more. There are support and safety mechanisms being put in place right now. You know, it is so amazing that people that behave badly, how much time and money they cost you. I've had this experience, not at all similar to what you're talking about, but just someone in my life who was so effing problematic that it was so much of my time and money. I'm like, this is what I resent. Not just the fact that I have to deal with you, that you're just being, but you're like, I don't want to have to do this all the time. I've got other things to do and you're wasting my time and that I don't get back. But we want you to be safe. It's like when you hear that teachers take up 95% of their class dealing with one or two students. Right. Right. It's just like, Um, God, why can't we just live? This doesn't happen in China. If we lived in China in an authoritative regime where people were killed for, I don't know, what what bullshit am I spreading about China? But China's scary. And they don't, when you talk to people that lived in China, they're like, there's no crime. And I'm like, I'm sure there's crime, but like, it is high stakes. It's uh, nobody's wandering around going, like, hey, beautiful, you're my friend. Um, so I got back last night from Israel, sort of, I guess, kind of just in time. Not that there were, there were just, uh, when I was there, I did not hear, and there were no air raid sirens in any town that I was in. I did hear a lot of bombs dropping, especially when I was over by the Gaza envelope a couple of days ago, because I went to where the, the Nova festival had been. And I'm going to be writing about this, but can can I pause you during a serious part of this conversation to tell you that the Gaza envelope, I always see this like a little little letter in my head. Yeah. Why is it called the Gaza envelope? Because it's so Gaza is sort of a long strip on the Uh sea. Right. And then people are living right on the other side of it, just sort of in, in, in communities on the edge of it. Um, There's about a two kilometer, uh, like nothing is there. It's just sort of like a, um, just a deserty. Is there an adhesive sticker? Is there a triangle flap? You have to lick it. You have to lick it. No. That's what Um, I thought. In any case. um, Yeah, we did hear a lot of, um, and it wasn't actually bombs dropping. So I was told I was there with someone, well, two people I had been with had both been in the IDF, but he said these are actually um, being fired from Israeli cannons, like a rolling cannon kind of tanks uh, in in Gaza. Um, 
I am glad to be home. Um, I'm glad to have gone. I want to go back. There is, you could just stay there. Well, you could stay there forever. I love Israel. And, um, mm. but the stories, there are so, so many stories to tell. And right now they're mostly sad stories. I think, um, maybe by the time we finish recording, I'll have another one up at reason. I, I went and, um, sat with the, uh, the family of a, a soldier who was killed, uh, last week and oh my God. sat with his family and, uh, held his 11 month old. Oh it's my just, God. it's just, you know, when you say that by the end of this episode, you might have a story up on reason. Do you mean that while we're talking, you're going to be finishing up this story and just kind of letting me talk? I'm actually, this isn't actually me. I programmed in some oh. AI. I'm AIing you right now. Iing you, and I'm actually writing a piece. So that's you know. so hot. Isn't it cool? I, you know, you can multitask. You know man. what? Though? What? What? I kind of like AI Nancy better. Oh, okay. I gotta go. Bye. But don't um, tell real Nancy. <laughs> don't tell. Uh, no, what I turned in the story over the weekend and then they got back to me yesterday and I actually, they had basically a tiny little question, not even any edits, um, which I did while I was going through passport control. So thank you, iPhone. And, uh, I, I, I I'm assuming it's going to be, it'll post pretty soon. So, okay, um, cool. Well, we'll talk about that more when we, when it gets up and yeah, yeah. I, I want to continue to talk about Israel. You know, I know these stories are going to surface up on both your blog. I mean, I'm sorry, your Substack. Um, you know, if you're not following Nancy, um, oh. on make more pie, um, that's where she writes her stories. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that they're good. I said that because I love you, not because I've read them. And and it's not that I don't want to read them. It's that I have been dealing with my stalker and driving out to West Texas, which is, by the way, I know it's I'm in Texas and that's in Texas. And you think, well, how far could that be? Guess oh, what? An eight hour drive. I was going to say, at least. Um, yeah, I am. I'm writing over Make More Pie and Reason has been great. I This will be the second one from Israel, second dispatch from Israel. And then I'll, um, I have two more that I want to write. Um, but we don't have to keep talking about Israel, but I do want to give another plug for Reason because our pal, Matt. Welch has a really, really, really great interview up there right now with Bill Maher. And it is just a banger. It's just really a lot of fun. Maher is funny. He's talking about how incredibly stoned he is all the time and talking, dishing a little bit, not dishing, but he, he, he had a podcast with Kanye and he just, he couldn't air it because it was such a kind of guess going to get him in trouble. Anyway, it's a really, really good piece. Um, you should go read it. It's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've heard that Bill Maher is stoned most of the time. I've heard he's stoned even when he does the show. Apparently. And I have real mixed feelings about that. Um, I, I, I know it's funny, but I actually have some, some like, it's to me, it sounds like learning that Christopher Hitchens is, works better when he's drunk. It's like, okay, I know that's a, I know that's a brag, but it's actually also a red flag. And I'm sorry to be the person that's like, yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> but it's actually, um, I mean, it makes me wonder if he's medicating himself. I mean, it could be. I know that apparently, I mean, he, it, it, it opens, the article opens with this. And apparently he's been doing this for decades. I, you know, I am not, I do not smoke pot. I smoked pot when I was like 14 and 15 and a little bit when I was 16 and basically pretty much never since then or once or twice. And it was a disaster. However, there are people I know that are extremely high functioning and successful and 
they are basically hitting it every day. So don't ask me. Also, I think pot is different than it used to be. Um, I think it's way stronger, but I mean, there's the whole thing where like, oh, you can, you know, smoke this pot to lose weight and for this one for body feels and everything. I don't know. Um, I, if you're, if you're as high functioning as he is, which he really seems to be, uh, whatever. I, yeah. but well, you know, I you- really believe that people get to make their own decisions, but as somebody that's 13 years in yeah. recovery, I felt that I needed to make a comment about the getting stoned every day. Sometimes I let you just go and I just let you AI Nancy do her thing. But I felt like I needed to pause and say that it was a little bit concerning. Nancy's making these funny I'm faces making, like she can't oh, it, hear me. Yeah. For some reason, the sound got really weird. I will check that out when I'm doing the edit. Um, something, the sound kind of just uh, dropped out for a second. But um, AI Nancy is back. And guess what? I finished my article. So it's both of us. You've got the twin Nancys. Two Nancys. That's good. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I um, uh, not No, no, not you, uh, the real Nancy. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. real Sarah. Um, so, uh, I wanted to make an announcement, um, that we have our first Zoom hang. First Sunday, I always say that wrong. First Sunday, Zoom hang. This Sunday. Did you know that? I, yes, apparently I I did know that. I knew when it was, I just didn't know what we were watching because I didn't remember because I wasn't at the last one. So, each... On the first Sunday of every month, our little crew of paid subscribers and friends, we get together on Zoom, we talk, we love, we laugh, we learn a little bit, we show our cats. And um, (laughs) this month, we have decided on a group watch. We do this sometimes, not always. And our group watch is Oleana, which is a 1994 movie uh, starring William H. Macy that is based on the 1992 play by David Mamet. Now, Oleana, because I'm a theater dork and I went to college in the in the 90s, you couldn't be a theater dork in the 90s without having a very strong relationship with David Mamet and his the calculated clip of his dialogue and the particular like swagger of his um I don't know, scenes. You know, I like some plays better than others. Glengarry Glen Ross is a masterpiece. I think True West, no, True West is Sam Shepard, sorry. Um, you know, Speed the Plow is good. Um, but some of them, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, I have a mixed relationship. Oleana's in my mixed relationship bag. The story of Oleana is it's a two person play and <clears throat> it's a professor and one of his female students. And the female student, accuses him of sexual harassment. And so the, the, the whole play becomes the question of whether or not it really happened and their perceptions. And this is, this was written during the, the, you know, kind of PC era of the early nineties when sexual harassment was becoming a big deal in both colleges and, and, you know, offices. 1992. Interesting. The year I graduated high school. There we go. So I could have been this young woman who's new at like, I think it takes place at like Yale or something like that. Um, you know what I was thinking about William H. Macy, who is an actor that I love? Mm-hmm. He used to be and might still be married to Felicity Huffman. 
Oh, that's right. And what's so interesting is that, like, during that whole college scandal, Felicity Huffman went to jail. Did she? I think. Well, she is sentenced. Wow. And But William H. Macy wasn't. Maybe mom took over the college stuff. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. God, that seems like so long ago. That scandal seems like an eternity ago. I know. It comes up every once and again, once in a while, and I'm like, college scandal, Claudine Gay? And then I'm like, oh, no, wait, the college admissions scandal. Mm-hmm. Oh. I and, and even when it says college admissions scandal, I'll think Asian Americans can't get into Harvard? Like, I'll, I'll think of something else that's not... That's not that. A bunch of famous people pulling strings. That happened right before the pandemic. Do you remember that? That's why I'm saying it seems like so long ago because nobody can, you can't remember any particular date. I was sitting with someone again in Israel the other day and he's like, oh yeah, you were, you were in that, you were here in Israel six months ago. I was like, that was 14 months ago. Nobody, time got all weird. Time got strange, compressed, Teles- elongated. Time, time got telescoped. Time got telescoped. Um, well, you know, maybe Felicity Huffman took the the beating on that one because she's a dot, dot, dot woman. If she'd been a man, maybe they wouldn't have done that to her. I sent you a New York Times story by Kate Zernicke early this morning. It was called <laughs> The Campus Wars Aren't About Gender, dot, dot, dot. Are they? What did you say to me? I I said, why are you doing this to me so early in the morning? I I didn't read it, but I know you can make anything, anything about gender. It's gender. You know what? My coffee wasn't, my coffee wasn't warm enough today when I got it. It's, you know why? If I'd been a man, it would have been warm enough, but that's what I'm telling you. I know it's all, I'm telling you it's, it's subbed against us. Subhead. Recent Ivy League dramas have made women leaders in academia wonder how far they've really come. That's right. Sort of like we talked about with the Oscars. It's like, wait a minute, only 30% were nominated yeah. were women? I mean, this yeah. is clear. It's absolutely clear. But you know what? Let's not let's not be obnoxious this early in the morning. Um, okay. Sarah, well, yeah. I was going to tell you um, about something else obnoxious. Um, but now you've kind of threw a wrench in my plan. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Well, it was speaking of this, like, if you were a woman thing. Mm-hmm. When I was out in West Texas, and it was, you have to understand, it's like I was standing on the cliffside of Mars. And my friend was inside, and I was building a fire in the fire pit. And I was playing Taylor Swift songs. And I was dancing. Why? Because nobody was watching. Because Taylor Swift writes some fucking jams. And I was feeling good. I was feeling good. And my Taylor Swift album, because most fans have an album that they define themselves by. So like you go, like this was the whole idea of her eras tour. That she had all these different eras and they're marked by different album names. And so when you meet somebody, instead of saying like, what sign are you? You're like, what album are you? And huh. like, are you red? Are you 1989? Are you bad reputation or whatever the hell it's called? Well, I'm lover. And I don't think that will surprise you knowing all that you do about me. Knowing and knowing all that I know about Taylor Swift. So yeah, definitely not, definitely not surprised. 
Lover is a beautiful album, and I like almost every song on it, except for one. And the reason I was thinking about it was because one of our listeners put in the comment section, the last time I brought up Taylor Swift, um, that this was a song that her, I can't remember if it was like her daughter or her niece or somebody that was like a big Swifty. This was her favorite song. And she was like, I don't know what to say. Well, I wouldn't know what to say either because this is my least favorite Taylor Swift song. And it is an entire song that's basically like, if I were a man, you'd treat me fair, but I'm a woman, so you don't. And I'm going to read some of the lyrics to you, okay? Okay. So this is the chorus. I'm not going to sing it because it's too early. I'm so sick of running as fast as I can, wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. And I'm so sick of them coming at me again, because if I was a man, then I'd be the man. So that's your chorus. (laughs) And I actually like, I mean, listen, I'll probably, I shouldn't put this in the free part of the program, but I'd probably dance to Nazi propaganda if it had a good beat. Like I am a sucker, like under my thumb. I'm like, let's go. Let's go. Rolling Stones crusher. You know, like all this shit. Like, I'll just be like, that's right. Kill that bitch. But I don't think it's a very good song. Like the, the beat or whatever, like the, the, the actual song of it is not good, but the lyrics are really annoying to me. And it's especially annoying because Taylor Swift is the most popular performer in on the globe. She's running and, faster than anybody else. So what is she talking about? It's like, where do you want to get to? Like, what is it? And I'm sure, like, look, we all have frustrations. Taylor Swift got raked over the coals for, you know, writing songs about John Mayer, writing songs about Jake Gyllenhaal. But like, I'm sorry, Eminem got raked over the coals for writing crazy shit about his mom and his daughter. Like... The the envy and the clapbacks and the shade and all of that, it is not necessarily because you're a woman. It is absolutely because you own the spotlight. And when you are in the spotlight, people throw shade on you. That's a good metaphor. I'm going to keep it. Keep it, girl. Uh, You're absolutely right. Also, I... I am going to posit that one of the reasons she is where she is, besides the fact that the woman is just a pop songwriting machine, works incredibly hard, puts on these incredible shows, is that she's a woman. She's so freaking adorable and hot and per what she says speaks to just millions, if not billions of young women who are screaming and just putting all their energy toward her. She is, she is supersonic. And the reason she's supersonic is because she is a woman. And I would, it's like, well, like if you were a man, like if you're going to be like totally um, not metaphorical, like if I re- would I be running faster if I was a man? Yes, because men run faster than women. Okay, but oh. I don't. <laughs> but they do. They do. I don't know. That was just kind of a burn. But it's true. I mean, in general, a man can run faster because of his muscle mass, and just it's just the way it is. Though there, I've, I've known some very speedy girls. My mom was a really fast runner back in the day. I can't um, run because I got boobies. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I should plug my little pillow talk that I did about about 
boobs. And you know what? I can't believe I didn't make a joke about my pillows in pillow talk. That was a missed opportunity. I was once sitting, I don't know, it might have been Matt and Michael probably, and we were Coming up, talking of your pillows. We were coming up with every slang for boobs. Like you could just do it. You could just sit and do this for like twenty minutes. Everybody just throws in the next one. Let's do it. Knockers, milkers, gazungas, fun bags. Fun bags is a really good one. Yeah, I will also say because we're going to run out of it because I'm not smart enough. My friend, my friend, the rocket scientist, like he is a genius rocket scientist. He said that if he had boobs, he would just stay home all day and play with them. I think a lot of guys have said that. <laughs> Jugs. Jugs. Um, there was a funny Melons. story. Melons. Hi, Smoke em If You Got em listeners. This is Sarah Heppola with Nancy Rommelman. Hi. We're inviting you to listen to the rest of this conversation, but you have to subscribe. Go to smokeempodcast.substack.com slash subscribe. We hope to see you on the other side. Bye.